1: After a good evening, wherever you are. Welcome to another episode of Sheologians. We're here today to put the her in covenant her. Of course ah, we are. It finally worked. My name is Summer Yeager, and I'm here with my beautiful co host Joy. And I have nothing special to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I used to try to have something funny to tell you. Sometimes it
0: happens, sometimes it does not. Surprise and delight. I do have something. Oh, perfect. To talk about. Great. So
1: Hello, Joy. You're right.
0: I am Joy, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Summer. And everybody strap in for approximately 2 to 25 minutes <laughs> of talking about this.
1: We'll <laughs> see Ooh, where this it is goes. Exciting. We'll see where it goes. Okay.
0: Um I want to talk about mm. um s- what it feels like oh. to step on um, to be in the kitchen. Yeah. Just walking around, minding your own business. Mind Literally, my you're in your kitchen, so you're yeah. probably cooking or cleaning or whatever. Right. And you step on a piece of onion. Oh. Chopped onion on the ground. Chopped onion is too cold. Um, and it's like a little slimy.
1: No. <laughs> Someone's just
0: shaking it. So but oh. the thing is is so for something okay, well and
1: also the My eyes are watering. <laughs> it's a horrible thing to think the about. The other
0: day I was cutting an onion and Georgia came and it was like <laughs> My
1: kids yeah, my kids do <laughs> like that. the
0: whole house. Yes. Um but yeah. also isn't the husky outside the worst because the worst. it's like lighter than air <laughs> so you just like slightly blow on it and it's like <laughs> all over your kitchen yes. and so then you step on the onion piece mm-hmm. and then your foot's a little wet yeah. and so then when you step on the skin piece it's the worst it sticks to your foot yeah um and but also i would say that anything that I considered such an inconvenience mm. i would really try not to i would only try to do it when absolutely necessary mm. but having onion yeah is like is necessary. necessary for everything
1: yeah no i i i ate an entire onion yesterday <laughs> I,
0: i'm assuming not in one not like an apple
1: not i didn't eat like an apple i chopped it <laughs> like a <Right>. civilized person <laughs> And I cooked it like a civilized and person. And piece on your and floor. And obviously there were multiple pieces on my floor. <laughs> I still haven't mastered chopping. So I think that's part of it. Well, just so you know, like, it just, well, it depends on what kind of
0: chopping, but it's like knife skills are like a technical, yeah, like they teach you I, that in culinary school. So. We all
1: watch the, right. we all watch videos on how to do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, every mm-hmm. week I watch a video on how to chop. On how to
0: chop. Oh, every
1: week. <laughs> like, every well, and
0: onions have their own.
1: They have rules. their own, and I am not good at it. I just. But I love them. I
0: do. I think about it every time I chop an onion. I think about how I'm not yeah. doing it the right way. Me too. Like if Gordon Ramsay
1: he would be yell, he's he yelling at me
0: like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you are garbage.
1: You're a piece of trash. Yeah. No, I, I, I. That goes through my head every time. But I just, I love to eat onion because I feel it burning all the bad out of my body oh. as I eat it. You know, it's good for you. It like really oh, yeah. just kills things. Yeah, onion and like garlic, garlic are, yeah. are the base mm-hmm. of everything. Yeah. That everything good and right about food requires onion and garlic. Right. And, and they're d- both pungent.
0: Yes. Weird, oddly shaped. Beautiful. And covered in little husky papers that Fantastic. get all around and stick no to your- No food
1: that we've ever come up with is as good as what God did when he made onions and garlic. <laughs> it's true. I've also discovered their cousins, shallots and leeks, Okay, which are, are just excellent. my absolute- Joy, I, I did something the other day that like you, when you met me, okay, this okay. was not happening. This was not a part of what my did life. What you do? Um, well, I didn't, we were out of onion because I eat a lot of onion. It's mm-hmm. actually hard to keep the onion in stock right. because I make sure I eat like an onion a day. It keeps the doctor away. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's apples, but it's onions.
0: We all know now that that was just a, that <laughs> it was, was just from the
1: they were confused. big apple corporations. Yeah, it was big, big apple pharma. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, so I didn't have onion, but I did have leeks. And they're kind of related. And I really needed onion for the base of this pasta sauce I was making. Okay. So I went ahead and just like cooked down a ton of leeks and green onion. Oh, yeah. I would do it. And then put in some white wine, some tomatoes, and some celery, and cooked all that down and blended it. Oh. And then when I added cream and a little bit of cheese, I had a pasta sauce that was like 97% vegetables. Did you blend it and in no your blender? And no one knew. No, I used my hand blender. Your immersion my blender? My immersion blender. Wow,
0: you are, I mean, man. Who am I? You went all the way. I
1: made a sourdough this morning. Good job. After I got home from the gym. <laughs> I don't even recognize myself anymore. You like going outside. I can't wait to go outside this weekend. I don't know. It's excellent out there. Have I been, was I taken by aliens? <laughs> they returned me anew. <laughs> They were like, "Mm, make her more like her dad. (laughs) Well, maybe we really just do become... Maybe we just do become our parents. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but all that to say, it was delicious and onions, I don't care what they do to my feet.
0: I know. It's kind of worth it. You endure. Yeah. For the sake of your food. And just brush your teeth a lot. But also, (laughs) like... Uh, for anyone that's like, Legos are the worst thing to step on. I just feel Have like you ever you stepped, on a, stepped on an onion, on a, a a onion. Yeah. onion piece? A freshly diced onion piece? Because then it also kind of like sticks to everything else. Mm-hmm. And then you think you got it. And you're like, is you that still down there? <laughs> it is still. <laughs> I threw it in the trash. And it crawled no, out. It is still down there.
1: <laughs> uh, you can leave us a voicemail at 470 465 Zero four seven five. Should we tell them about the? Yeah, okay. I was
0: gonna say we just need to do it because hopefully, well, well by this, yes yeah. at this time,
1: right? Because as you guys know, we are time travelers, right? <laughs> um, I mean, sh- no, we're not. We're just recording. Oh, oh right, in I mean, we're just ha-ha. Just kidding. Um,
0: actually, think about. I would like to listen to a podcast done by time travelers.
1: <laughs> Me too,
0: but not like showy ones that are like "I'm from the future." No, ones that are like, "This is qu- very quiet do. about it." Yeah, and are like, "Hmm, you know, I'm just making these observations, mm-hmm. just like you guys." Yeah, no, that's... except for I know everything's
1: about to happen,
0: <laughs> but I'm not going to tell really you that. Fun. That shows a level of restraint that I'm willing to respect.
1: Did I talk about the sleepy bookshelf? No,
0: I haven't talked about that. Is this another alien thing?
1: No, but it made me think of it because the last time I tried to listen to a sleepy podcast, oh, uh-huh. aliens were involved. Oh, okay. Night Vale. Welcome to Night oh, Vale. Okay, or something. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's a podcast called The Sleepy Bookshelf, and it is it's just readings of classic literature. Oh, but done by someone but you soothing. listen you listen to it and you will fall asleep. But it, if you didn't, it's nice and relaxing. Okay.
0: So for as long as you're listening, it's but just nice to listen to. But there's
1: never been a time that I've put it on that I haven't passed out. Passed out middle of the day. Pa- gone to the dead to the world. Do you think
0: the authors of these pieces of classic literature <laughs> ever knew we'd be like
1: well, you know, it's so funny, it was the first one I chose was obviously when they did The Hound of the Baskervilles. Oh okay. Which is a mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes story. And it's kinda scary. And at one point when I woke up it was like, and it's bloody fangs <laughs> And I was like, What did I miss? My dreams weren't scary or anything. <laughs> but it was like forty five minutes of the best sleep I've ever had in the middle of the day.
0: Doesn't that just sound like a like something I don't like an old-timey rich king would do. <laughs> and please have, please send one of the servants up to just read a book to me while I fall asleep. And we just all get to do that
1: now. Wow. Well, I want you to actually, now that you said old-timey king, as opposed to new-timey king. Well, but... I didn't want anyone to think of the Queen of England.
0: <laughs> Because I'm pretty sure she's not allowed to reach, like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know.
1: Um, we just don't want anybody thinking of the queen on this show. <laughs> right. And that's one of the rules <laughs> that we have. I'm sure the queen wouldn't do that. No. But she, she probably
0: just uses Audible or she would the podcast
1: never. you just mentioned. What's her last name again? We don't know. Um, So I, was, I, I forgot it already. I'm going to set the scene for you now that you said that because, okay. um, well, first of all, I had my noise canceling headphones on. Okay. The, the nice ones. They mm-hmm. were like a Christmas gift. Right. Over ears. It sounds like comfy. a servant whis- whispering in your yes, ears. Yes, it really does. <laughs> I had my pillow, so I was like at a slight elevation, and then I had a triangle pillow under my oh, knees. Very so nice. my knees were up. And, and then all I, your
0: blood flows. Grew- excellent.
1: Excellent. And I also had a mask over my eyes. <laughs> and and I had lavender running in my <laughs> well it was great it was a really awesome 45 minutes of my
0: life <laughs> let us all count our blessings every day <laughs> what you just described is more than I deserve and yet here <laughs> I am every day if I wanted able to do, to do that, that I could yeah
1: hmm wow it's kind of yeah it's kind of amazing when you think about it okay so. well
0: um we're here to talk about covenantry. yeah
1: so oh wait oh <laughs> oh we're I gonna think talk we we did. that thing
0: <laughs>
1: i was like is that the next step and then i was like were we in the middle of
0: something and okay. then i was like oh yes we were
1: Honestly, what hap- the reason we're like this is because when you make enough time jumps, your memory just really right. starts going. Right. Um, I don't know if you guys have watched obviously when you watch time travel movies, they cover this. But anyway. Um So many
0: rules. <laughs> so many rules. The best ones always keep it very simple.
1: Yes. Time travel. No, that's true. You can't but get, is it ever simple? You can't get too much into the like oh man. Memento or something. That's not even time travel. It's memory travel, but it's wild. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, well, tenant. Okay. Let's not do that. All right. (laughs) (laughs) We have news, which is that our holiday merch is in the shop. Mm -hmm. And Joy did it all herself. I did. So when you purchase your happy holidays shirt (laughs) or hoodie or whatever you desire, just know that this was hand drawn by your favorite beautiful co host because boy could I not have done any <laughs> any of that. I'm surprising
0: myself. Yeah. And I'm very motivated <laughs> to bring I was very motivated to bring this guy this to you guys. We uh we'll I think we just assumed we'd have designs but we'd have someone help us with it. Yeah. That wasn't an option right now, so You've Yeah made things happen. And, um, yeah, so we have holiday design stuff? options. Yeah. Um, and then we also have, um, which I'm excited about. We have book club
1: shirts. Yes. Um, it's so time. It's, yeah, it's, so it's check overdue. those out.
0: We'll, there's a few different versions of the book club shirt. They all, as far as I know, look pretty similar on the front, but then the back is right. a different quote. Um, pick up one that is a quote from a book you joined book club
1: right or a quote that you like right yeah no one is it's gonna really for anyone you if you're not in the book club yeah
0: there's no checking but do you like we don't books? like cross-reference or Do you anything. enjoy
1: books do you like funny quotes <laughs> <laughs> then this is the <laughs> shirt for you <laughs> anyway so all that said and we'll
0: job. be refreshing those as we move forward yes and read more books and all that good
1: stuff yes so that is all at com. Yeah, we're going to talk about Covenanters. So if you were in book club, you talked with us a lot about the Scottish Covenanters because we read Fair Sunshine, which was a series of studies of the Scottish Covenanters. But not all of you were in book club. A lot of you. Many people were in that round of book club. Yes. Um. And we, I,
0: I know I've talked about it since... Yes. We read it so there's it was, been some exposure i think
1: it was a formative reading for many of yes. us and it was supposed to be our light summer reading and that was hilarious because we chose the covenanters it's very bloody it's a bloody time <laughs> i sounded british for a second i know anyway that's not or what Scottish, I, that's, I dare say i dare say that's not what i meant to do but
0: um this morning i had someone someone meaning a kid look at me and say in my seven long years. <laughs> In
1: my seven, In long, my seven years. long years. In my seven long
0: years. <laughs> I have not. Have and then, they been whatever. long? <laughs> and I just was like, <laughs> wow. <laughs> anyway. Did you see? Someone appreciates the drama. Of I the absolutely.
1: <laughs> Did you see what I shared that January said to me? Last oh, Yes. She's got skills. So she has, like, really – she's doing this thing lately where it's just everything she says, she connects it to, like, heaven and hell, God, whatever. So I said, I love you so much. And she goes, yes, well, people – and families are supposed to love each other. We're supposed to love God and we're supposed to love each other. But not everybody does that. Some people don't love their family. And she starts going. Talking about some people don't love their family. And that's really sad because when you don't love people and you don't love God, you're going to go to hell. And she's like, I don't I don't want anybody to go to hell. So that's why. <laughs> Everywhere I go. <laughs> she goes, I drop a little supply. <laughs> Ch. Of evangelize. And then she just walked away.
0: (laughs) I'm sorry, but it does sound like a new product. Evangelize.
1: (laughs) I drop a little supply of evangelize.
0: She's thinking of... It's like a pill you take.
1: I think she meant to say like tracks because they hand out tracks, but it like wasn't... It didn't come to her and she was like, supply of evangelize. Yeah, we give her...
0: (laughs) She took her poetic license. Yeah.
1: And then she walked away. Right. Like she dropped was, the mic,
0: you mean? Like it was,
1: Yeah, she threw the mic. <laughs> but she just left my room. And it was like, this started with, like, I hugged her. I said, I love you. I love you so much. And then she's dropping a supply of evangelize <laughs> and moving on with her time. And I was just like, okay, anyway. Well, you know, she's busy. <laughs> she has a lot of things stuff to going deal. on. Lots so, of supplies For whatever drop. reason, you and I thought, talking about the Covenanters and the... The week of Thanksgiving would be <laughs>
0: well. We, it seems to be a pattern. It seems that there would be no. There's not really a great time <laughs> to talk about things like the boot, no, or the gallows, mm. and yet,
1: and yet we there's always here we time. Here's what we're doing. Here's... Are you
0: uh, talking? To, well, I guess so. Today we're just we're um. This is not quite our normal no storytelling episodes. Really We're each going to tell you about one of the Covenanters. Yeah. Um, which one of us is going to go first? Yeah, I don't know. I can go first if you'd like. Go for it. Okay. I mean, you got you kind of have the big gun.
1: Do I? Okay. I mean, he's a popular He's like name. one of the guys. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Got it.
0: Okay, so I kind of struggled with who I wanted to pick. Mm. Um. Originally, I wanted to do John Dick because he broke out of prison with a bunch of other people, and that's pretty cool. The
1: prison break story was fun. Yeah.
0: I had to read that sentence a few times to be like, I think I'm understanding this correctly, but there's a prison break. Right. Anyway, um, but I ultimately decided to do uh, John Nisbet. Um, And I guess mainly because I kind of referenced him a little bit, I think, in somewhere. But... um, Mm -hmm. So in order to talk about John, first we need to talk about Murdoch. Okay. Yep. So Murdoch Nisbet, um, inspired by Wycliffe. So he was amongst the first British Protestants. If my
1: dad was here, he would... Wycliffe. Oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. (laughs) I would have corrected
0: you. I'm so sorry. Wycliffe. I corrected myself. You did.
1: Because my dad's not here. I don't even know why I did...
0: Okay. Anyway. Things happen. Sometimes you read... A name more than was you the hear time it travel. and you just i guess you just decide how it's said yep um but
1: so um can i tell you that the first time i read harry potter being from the united mm-hmm. states and not from a- hermione 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 mm-hmm. and then somebody was talking about hermione and i was like who and they were like well you read harry potter and i was like wait <laughs> Well,
0: whoever said that to you.
1: But worse, (laughs) I actually have a worse one, which is that in my little twelve-year-old brain, I read Hogwarts, (laughs) Howgarts.
0: Okay, so that was more
1: Howgarts, a little more
0: foundational.
1: The first three books I read it as
0: Howgarts. Wow, I don't
1: know. My brain just
0: that's quite a well flipped. Yeah, it just goes to show you how much our brain kind of fills in the blanks when and i read. never
1: saw it i never saw it again it was just Howgart's anyway interesting i'm hmm. sorry you were talking about john wickliffe Wyf- yes Wycliffe.
0: i do know pastor james i do know Wycliffe. she knows um so yeah he was among some of the first uh British Protestants um, and he obtained a revised Wycliffe Bible mm-hmm. and began to translate it into Scots, which was the language right. that was spoken by like common Scottish people at the time. Right. Um, and it was also super illegal to do that at the time because super King Charles was illegal. all on his thing. Um,
1: you mean they, they didn't obey Romans 13? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand. I thought You said they were Christians. Yeah. Um, Right, Romans thirteen
0: just what <laughs> Wait, what um anyway, okay. yep. did I say King Charles, I meant King Charles was during John's time, not Murdoch's time. who was the king during
1: don't ask him was that. it also Charles James? <laughs>
0: it was James, it that's was right, James. okay, he was the one that came before Charles, yep, um. I'm so. Oh yeah, your dad's so mad at us now. If he listened to the show, I'd be so scared. But... I'm gonna tell him not to. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. But then he will. So uh, right. <laughs> How do we do this? Um... <laughs> just hide. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so ask um... him about bike rides. <laughs> right. <laughs> just change the topic. Uh,
0: yeah. Or we the next time we invite him on, we'll just be like, we don't know anything. Please, you, you tell, tell us. us. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um. Because it was illegal and there was obviously lots of persecution going on, um, he left the area and he dug a vault beneath his house. What um, a man to do. Which is just a hidden room.
1: Every man you know wants to dig a vault right? (laughs) hidden somewhere. Right. Every man you know.
0: To place your illegal bibles. They don't talk about it because they
1: don't want want anybody to know. Well, yeah,
0: it's not a secret room if you tell everybody about the secret room. (laughs) That's why you guys don't know.
1: Right. But I've been listening to the men. (laughs) I know. Stop right now
0: and search for your husband's vault.
1: He has one. And if he doesn't have it, he has the plans for (laughs) (laughs) it.
0: He may be using a sock drawer in the meantime, but he does have plans for a vault. Okay, so he okay. had a vault. <clears throat> yes. Um and he studied his handwritten New Testament <laughs> manuscript at Amazing. great length and yeah. taught its contents. Um he died and he and... It, this is like
1: he had the copy of it. Right. It's mm-hmm. crazy. Can yeah. you imagine?
0: Yeah. That's crazy. Right. Okay. And just even the it took him 20 years apparently um to like complete this whole thing. Mhm. <clears throat> Um. Okay, so he died, and he passed the manuscript to his son, Alexander. Alexander passed it to his son, James. And James passed it to his son, John Nesbitt. And yes, I am thinking of Toy Story <laughs> yes, every time you. I say it. <laughs> All I can
1: hear is Buzz Lightyear saying, Mrs. Nesbitt.
0: Um. <laughs> okay, so John... Um, something that's kind of interesting, I don't know, you get these, sometimes you get this image of a covenanter in general, mm-hmm. of what they would look like. Yeah. Um, but there's much variation. Sure. <laughs> Just what, Like, there what always has been. are we thinking of here? That um, might help oh, us. Oh, man, man, man. Okay. Um, so this is, well, so 1661 okay. is when King Charles, well... I don't know the exact we're in the 1600s to, yeah, we're in the yes the 1660s is when like yeah the killing t- well 1660 and on it is was when bad. it all started and yeah. like the killing times happened and all that so that's kind of like the time of the covenanters yeah um whereas his great 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 grandfather was more time of like reformation yes ish time yes um so he was a soldier he was a uh, big, strong, and broad-shouldered, um, and he, uh, was in the 30 Years' War. Okay. Um, he, so for a long time, he was in the war, um, and that was just kind of, he was a big guy. He just, that's what he did. He didn't, a lot of our Covenanters went to school for theology right. to be ministers. Right. But he was a soldier, um, so, uh, after the 30 years war, he, uh, returned home and he married his student, his wife, Margaret. Um, and he, obviously in 1661, when everything went down, I feel like that's kind of a different whole episode in and of itself. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> not that we're opposed to doing something like that, but you know, just for brevity's sake. Right. Um, but he obviously uh, chose to stay true to the covenant he'd made with God as opposed to the covenant um, with the state. And especially it's interesting because he's a soldier, he really did enter an agreement with right um, the state. and so uh, but he went from basically being like a decorated officer to being a soldier in the Covenanter army, uh, which was not quite as regal or noble as uh, what he had once been doing. Um, But he was in, um, he was at Rulian Green. He spent a year recovering from 17 brutal wounds
1: that he got in Rulian Green. That's right. Um, That battle, he got like destroyed. Yes.
0: yes. It took him forever to recover. Um, And he was also at Bothwell Brig.
1: Can you imagine like, he had been just absolutely torn up. Right. He
0: was in all, basically all the big
1: wars of the time. He was in them. He was in the big ones. Yeah. And I'm like, man, I stubbed my toe. I'm going to have to listen to sleepy book. <laughs> this <laughs> afternoon.
0: <laughs> Where's kidding. my sleep mask?
1: Where's my sleep? I'm just kidding. I yeah. I don't think do John
0: Nisbet had anyone reading him to sleep.
1: <laughs> this is maybe sadness. Honestly. He had a
0: wonderful life. Um, <laughs> But so he was at Bothwell Brig, um, which was just another one of the battles again. Yes. That one was really good for the Covenanters. Um, and it yeah. even kind of surprised the Dragoons that yes. how prepared they were. Yes. And then Drumclog. He was also at Drumclog, which was not good for really. None of these were good for anyone. But um, no. I would say the Covenanters uh, really suffered at Drumclog. Yes. Um, his, so after he escaped the battle, like, so drum clog happened mm-hmm. and then he, they didn't capture him. They didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. So he was just gone. And so, um, he was, his wife, Margaret and children were driven out of their home to live in caves. hmm. Uh, so they did that for four years, four ish years. They sort of roamed the countryside living where they could. Um there
1: are no podcasts in caves.
0: No. <laughs> Just nope. No and no life. no lavender oil going. No. Um mm. well in as a matter of fact, so in 1683. So that gives us somewhat of a timeline.
1: You know, timeline. Yeah, yeah. Um
0: she died. Uh, and um his two daughters mm-hmm. or no, his daughter died. Mm-hmm. His one daughter. He uh his sons were also very sick, but they didn't end up uh, dying at that point. Um, And he just had Mm. just the most, um, well, I guess maybe I'm going to read from, I should have had this open. But basically he, John was notified um, of what had happened. And uh, so he went home uh, to be at the funeral of his wife right. and daughter. Right. Um, and so I'm just going to go ahead and read just straight out of Fair Sunshine. Um, this It says, uh, one of his friends said to him, I hope you know who hath done this. But the Covenanter's eyes were ever on God. And John Nisbet answered, as one whose thought was taken up in profound and inaccessible mystery passing all second causes. I know that he hath done it that makes all things work together for the good of them who love him mm. and keep his way. Even he who first loved us. And this is my comfort. Mm. Um, and so obviously just, you know, he, I also just thought this was such an interesting part of his story, which is that. Um, <laughs> it was the decision of this family who had committed Mm -hmm. um, to be ever faithful to God Mm -hmm. that he should be separate from his family. Mm -hmm. Um, And so interesting that God would of of course need, he would need scholars and uh, literary folks, Mm -hmm. but he would also need soldiers and he would need soldiers wives to know what it was like to send your husband out the door and know yeah. it may not be
1: It may be the last yeah, time.
0: Yeah. It may not be yeah, you may not be able to see each other again or you may not be able to stay in your home. Right. Um and for him to know like for him to trust his wife mm-hmm. um knowing that he had led her to this moment as well. <laughs> yeah. Um and just the the job and the duty that she was tasked with Mm -hmm. which was being homeless right taking care of her children in caves yes no having not having food Mm -hmm. not having shelter not having water like Mm -hmm. um and just how tough she was Mm -hmm. and resolved Mm -hmm. she was um -hmm. and she was i mean it it makes sense that she would be so faithful to a man who was so So faithful. faithful. And, um, and that was just very convicting (laughs) for me.
1: (laughs) Well, and it also reminds me of, you know, there was that chapter we read in book club and by what standard talking about like husbands being on mission Mm -hmm. and it, it was like really, I think offensive to our like modern ears where a lot of conversation that we hear nowadays is like, my husband's not home enough and I need him home more. And that might be true. I'm not saying it is or it isn't, but a lot of times you just like look throughout history and these really faithful men and women, like the woman was at home holding down the fort while her man was on a mission. And
0: she wasn't like hysterical. She wasn't histrionic. Like she wasn't this. Right. Like, oh, my husband gets home. Like, I'm just (laughs) going to. He owes me so much time away. (laughs) Like, right. You know, and yeah. And she like a part of him leading his household was equipping her to be able to take care of their family Mm -hmm. um, while he was off doing what he was called to do. Yeah. 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 Um and we just don't I think yeah like you said we don't even consider uh uh-uh. uh that that would be And of course it's not the primary like I would say it would you know there's no, there's there's plenty um of argument to make that it's good for husbands to be home to protect their family. Well, so this need, isn't yes. this isn't to say like no. <laughs> this is the only way um
1: What well, what I am saying is a wife must be willing to not insist that her husband's mission should be subordinate to her mission in the mm-hmm. home. Right. And yeah, a man does have to be home in order to lead his home right. in a way. But whether he's home or he's not, he is leading. Yeah, because he's will always be leading mm-hmm. whether it's well or bad or and obviously the circumstances we're talking about are extraordinary circumstances. Right. Um but extraordinary circumstances happen. And you're right. Like she had to be equipped to be able to do that. And She
0: wasn't faithful that way for four years on accident. Right. Just like he wasn't faithful on accident when he walked into this, this shack where his family had been living and saw his family dead and his other two sons. When he said that his other sons, his sons were sick still. Yeah. We're not talking about like, Oh, well at least like he's, in a scene where potentially his entire family is gone. Yeah. Um, and that was his response. It was faithful, and that kind of response doesn't happen. It doesn't spring by up out of nowhere. <laughs> right. It was cultivated. <laughs> yes, it's fruit. It's <laughs> immense fruit. Yes. Um, okay, so. All right. Ultimately, John was captured. Mm-hmm. Um, him and three others uh, were meeting to pray. Um, and they were the, the three that he met with were killed. Um, and John was captured after a, a pretty extensive fight. (laughs) It goes into it in the book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but they like fought inside and then they fought outside. It was a fight to the death basically, Mm -hmm. except for John. Um, but he was badly wounded. Um, his captor was also his cousin,
1: Right. Do you remember that? I remember that. Yeah. That was, that <laughs> um, was painful.
0: And uh, he... Um, d- 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 read the top of page 77. Probably should have. Okay. <laughs> so um, we're talking about... <laughs> Jock uh refers to him as Redcoat Nisbet.
1: <laughs> Redcoat Nisbet. But his,
0: his name is actually Robert Nisbet. Um, so he is... He is John's actual cousin. They don't just happen to share a last name. Right. Um, he did not take the same oath, obviously, that John did. Um, okay, so in Fair Sunshine, reading directly out of Fair Sunshine, it says Speaking to John, Nisbet, the butcher, referring to the cousin, <laughs> asked what was now thought of himself and his circumstances. Nisbet replied, I think as well of Christ and his cause as ever Mm. and not at all the worse for what I suffer. Mm. Only I grieve and think myself at a loss that I am left in time when my three dear brethren gone to heaven, whom he have wickedly murdered. Mm. So even called him out. He did. Um, And they were cousins. So like, imagine (laughs) looking at your cousin after he just killed your cohort and is the only reason he the only re, so just so you guys know the only reason John's alive is because some people got certain special executions that were done very publicly, right? In an attempt to basically show the power that the state had and right. and try to uh, make it seem as though the Covenanters were um not succeeding in what they were doing um and that they the state was powerful all powerful right um so. John went to have his special public
1: execution. Um, Here's the deal. If I am going to be executed by the state, I sincerely hope that I am bad enough to them, that I leave enough of a bad taste in their mouth. That your head and your hand gets cut off and displayed they on a pike. They have to do it publicly. In the city. <laughs> Now- that's also
0: what they used to do. They used to like cut off hands oh, and yeah. heads, and
1: I'm just saying, like, if you're gonna have to be executed, like, you know, really <laughs> go all out. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you have to lose? Your right. head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes.
0: Um, in this case, yes. <laughs> and your hands. <laughs> right. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe your leg. Okay. They really just went for it all. Um, they were truly, truly evil. Yes. Um, okay, but so he first before his very public special ex- execution, he was placed in prison, and was basically tortured and was weighed down with so many chains that he could barely move, partially due to the injury that he had sustained fighting. Right, um, and uh, he was hanged a few a few days later. Before he was killed, he wrote his last and dying testimony. Um, which is, according to Jock, like one of the most important pieces of right. literature written on persecution. <laughs> right. Um, you know, just in his last days, just doing, weighed down by chains, literal chains. Um, and it's just bursting with obedience and. Yep. It will just make you cry. Yep. Um. So. He was taken to the city at grass market, which is where they did a lot of, that was like kind of one of their public stages. Right. It was called grass market. And um, let me go ahead and see. I was going to write. Oh, right. I was going to read the middle of page 79. Okay. He jumped upon the scaffold and called aloud (laughs) my soul doth magnify the lord my soul doth magnify the lord i have longed these 16 years to seal the precious cause and interest of precious christ with my blood and now now Mm. more of that drama he hath answered and granted my request and has left me no more ado but to come here and pour forth my last prayers, sing forth my last praise to him in this time on this sweet and desirable scaffold. Mount that ladder, and then I shall quickly get home to my Father's house. See, mm. enjoy, serve, and sing forth the praises of my glorious Redeemer forevermore, world without end. Mm. And then uh, he... Um, a soldier and a poet. Yes. And then he uh, sang the first six
1: verses of Psalm 34. Go ahead. You guys, everyone, I want you to pause <laughs> right now. And from memory, I want you to sing. Oh, my
0: gosh. I've been listening <laughs> to Irish Christmas music. Yes, you have. So the only tune I have is I Saw Three Ships Go Sailing By. And I I just can't sing a psalm to that tune. No. <laughs>
1: Can you imagine a man now just breaking into that? Right. We need to be more like the Scottish Covenanters. Um, I'm just going to read it. Okay. You're not going to sing it? God
0: will I bless all times. His praise my mouth shall still express. My soul shall boast in God. The meek shall hear with joyfulness. Extol the Lord with me, let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, he heard and did from me all fears deliver. Mm. And then he was hanged. And then
1: he was hanged.
0: And he was 58.
1: He was 58? Oh, mm-hmm. I didn't imagine him being that old.
0: Yeah, he was, I think he was also another one of our older. Yeah, okay. So he kind of stood out in a few ways, but, um, but you know, he'd been in wars. He'd been in a lot of wars beforehand. So I think he was just older. Right. Um, but yeah, so that's John. John Nesbitt. Nesbitt. 58 years old,
1: long suffering. Soldier. soldier. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you about Richard Cameron. The lion? The lion of the covenant. Mm. That's right. Good man. Uh, They called, that was his name. They called him the Lion of the Covenant. So you guys have to listen. This section of church history is, is so broad and so many things happened. And it was a legitimate war. Like I think you need to imagine like when these people met in the fields and the Moors to come together and to worship and to sing psalms like they did it knowing that they might die. Like they might be rode up on mm-hmm. and massacred. The women, the children, the men. Like they were de- they were defying the government in order to worship God. And mm-hmm. they had to de- to defy the government in order to worship God because the government was essentially saying like you can't You're not allowed You can't. You're not allowed to worship unless you do it our way, unless you say the things that we say. Um, And, you know, it reminds me of the, the early church. What was the early church persecuted for? Well, it's not that they were not persecuted for being Christian. They were persecuted for not giving, not calling Caesar Lord. Right. So it's like, yeah, fine. You can have your Jesus, whatever. Just don't. But Caesar's Lord. Say right. it bow to Caesar and then you can, you can have go, whatever you want right. as long
0: as it doesn't come before Caesar.
1: Right. And the government here was saying the same thing. Like church is fine. As long as you admit Use that this specific the king, book. the king is the <laughs> boss of the church. Right. And so all throughout history, Christians have had to defy tyrants in order to obey God. And if you can't fit that into your understanding of Romans 13, then you need a lot of help. But,
0: um, well, and if you, if you truly believe there's no tyrants then you don't know anything you might be um <laughs> you might be sort of intentionally ignoring a few things so richard cameron was much loved cuz there was no one there was no one um what was the guy claverhouse no one was no one during the time was like i'm sure claverhouse is just like he's, he's just probably nice not guy. as bad as everyone was saying he's just
1: a nice guy
0: I haven't actually seen him kill hundreds of
1: people. Yes. We brutally. we have the thing the thing about why is I think talking about the covenant are so important is because we the the British Commonwealth and the United States of America owe a lot to these people who who were essentially beginning they were fighting a war over religious freedom. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them ended up here. I'm going to read a little section uh, that talks about how many of them ended up here, which was super interesting. And I was never taught in school. But so Richard Cameron, his nickname was the Lion of the Covenant. <laughs> And I like what Jock Perves, he's the author of Fair Sunshine, said. He said, The course of Richard Cameron was as swift and bright as that of a blazing meteor. He was fiercely hunted but kindly housed. And although there was a huge price on his head, there was none that would betray him. His sermons were full of the love of Jesus Christ for poor and helpless sinners. So, okay, he was born around... So this is funny. He was born around 1647. <laughs> This just the fact that everywhere you look, there's no like exact date Mm -hmm. just really sets the tone for what a different time this was. Right. Because all of us are like, oh, yeah, I was born on such and such a date at such and such a time. And here's the paper to prove it. Mm -hmm. And that is just not how they that is not how they lived anyway. So he went to the university at St. Andrews and then he became a teacher in 1678, he was licensed to preach and he drew large crowds. But of course, he soon got in trouble because he preached against ministers who had accepted indulgences. He went to Holland for a few months. He was ordained a minister by the members of the Scottish church there, but then he came back to Scotland. So, just so you guys know, a lot of Covenanters
0: were like given refuge, I guess, if you want to call it that, in Holland. Yes.
1: Thank you, Mm -hmm. Holland. Yes. They still do some things right. (laughs) Um, So he came back to Scotland about two months after the Battle of Bothwell Bridge, which you mentioned as a big battle, in 1679, and after that battle, uh, and actually, so let's talk about Bothwell Bridge a little bit, so... There were Covenanters who had fought at Drumclog. That's a location in Scotland, by the way. That's where the battle happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and after Drumclog, they decided they wanted to attack Glasgow, but they failed. So they set up camp at Bothwell Bridge, and a lot of people came with them. But they didn't have, uh, they didn't have a lot of weapons, and they had a lot of theological disagreement among their own group. And in the middle of these arguments, they were attacked by the government. So there were 10,000 troops sent from the government and there were 5,000 Covenanters. So the battle was two to one. They were obviously, the Covenanters were horribly defeated. Only about four, let's see, 400 Covenanters were killed as they were fleeing and 1,200 were taken prisoners. Pretty much the rest died. The prisoners were kept at Greyfriars Church in Edinburgh. Uh, and then after being kept there for a couple months, they were offered their freedom, if they would promise not to rebel again. Uh, a lot agreed, but some escaped instead. <laughs> and some died inside. So the 258 prisoners who refused to accept the government's demands, after five months, they were put on a ship and transported to Barbados. Um, Here's what happened to that ship. That ship sank off the island of Orkney. As the ship was breaking up, the captain the captain locked down the hatches so the prisoners couldn't get out. Those Lovely. who did manage to escape were pushed back into the water by the soldiers. And only 50 survived. Okay. Happy Merry Christmas. So, <laughs> anyway, Bothwell Bridge was a huge defeat, all that to say. Um, and speaking of being put on ships and sent to Barbados, really, really interesting. So many Covenanters who were captured were sent to the West Indies, Barbados, and South Carolina as slaves. The accounts of their tragic, this is what Jock Perv said, mm. the accounts of their tragic hell ships make painful reading hundreds of these godly men and women shipped to be sold as slaves perished in the most terrible conditions through disease and in fearful storms were drowned miserably and battened under hatches from those who from those who reached the plantations black slaves heard the gospel and thus white-skinned slave and black rejoiced in one common lord so anyway i just thought that that was yeah i remember
0: being very finding that very interesting. I
1: had never... When you learn about the slave <laughs> trade coming to America in public school, you do not hear about any of them coming from Scotland. Um, super interesting. They were Covenanters. Okay. So all that to say, we're back to Richard Cameron. So he returned two months after that massacre at Bothwell Bridge. And because Bothwell Bridge had been such a horrible massacre, many of the preachers had stopped preaching in the fields because they saw it as too dangerous. So they were like, listen, we've been gathering in the fields and we keep getting ridden up on and murdered. Uh, so we can't keep doing this. But Cameron was like, I have to do it. <laughs> well, we have to do that. This is what I'm doing. <laughs> um, and so he saw it as a duty and he even preached um, that November and three thousand people showed up, which that's it's a lot. That's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to be like, I mean, you have to be Lady Gaga to get three thousand people to show up in a field right. these days. So that just kind of that number <laughs> blows my mind. Um, and then the next day, even more people came. They have from... to have in
0: the field because of COVID,
1: right? Obviously, that's why Our they next did it. tour is outside. That's right. Um, the next day, even more people came. Oh, I'm sorry, the next Lord's Day. So he's preaching and larger and larger crowds are gathering. On June 22nd, 1680, which was exactly a year after the massacre at Bothwell Bridge, Cameron and 20 horsemen rode into the town of San... I'm not going to say this right. Sanquar?
0: Oh, yeah. Sanquar? I remember reading about that. If one
1: of our Scottish listeners could just come and pronounce all these words, that would be great. Um, they sung a psalm and they read out a document, which is now known as the Sanquad Declaration, which is where basically Cameron and his followers publicly announced their rejection <laughs> as if they hadn't already. <laughs> uh, these Scottish folk, drama, reject, they were basically rejecting the authority of Charles II because they said he had broken the covenant. <laughs> And he had ruled badly. And he was trying to take over things that he should not have control of. They also. They were very vocal about it. They were. They were like, you will not. They also um, declared war on him as an enemy of the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) I've never had
0: anyone declare war on me.
1: I love that. I don't know
0: if I will ever see a day.
1: I just love it. Okay. So a month later, so all this to say, this got the attention <laughs> of the king. Are you surprised? <laughs> this got his attention. Okay. So a month later. What? No, we're just,
0: it's just <laughs> thousands of us meeting in the field. What? I don't it's know fine. why. Oh, did you read we're... our declaration
1: where we declared war on you? Right. Did you know you're an enemy? Okay. Okay. So the king sent 120 of his dragoons. <laughs> to To go find Cameron. Cameron was with 62 of his men at a place called Ugh, oh, I'm so sorry. And uh, <laughs> there was 120 of them. There was 63 of the Covenanters. And before the Covenanters battled them, because obviously. Yeah, there wasn't <laughs> any real uh, obviously. Just like
0: <laughs> Whoa, before any of this starts, we give up. No. No, it was...
1: It was like, oh, you're here? Yeah. Let me grab my sword. Hol- right. Hold on, though, because first, a psalm. Um, so before the battle, Cameron prayed. And this
0: was just <laughs> acceptable because there was like these... <laughs> I, this is... <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. There was
0: room for singing uh-huh. in these wars. And it was always a psalm. Um. P.S. and I think again that should just <clears throat> further show us that we're talking about a very
1: different time a very different time though
0: I've never been to bring it back current war
1: <laughs> I'm guessing yeah I think we're already in it anyway all right so he prayed Lord spare the green and take the ripe <laughs> and <laughs> that could mean so many different things but I can't stop thinking about it well here's a great story. So the result of this, so remember, 120 dragoons. Okay, we're not talking just like soldiers. We're talking about like, their, like the Marines. Yeah. These are the SEALs, mm-hmm. okay? The king was mad, but remember, they declared war on you him. You know,
0: like the ones we're all kicking out of the military. Right,
1: just the the, the big guns. While Cameron's men, they fought, quote unquote, like madmen. They killed, <laughs> here's the body count, 28 of the dragoons were killed. Only nine Covenanters were So don't mess with people that sing the psalms. Obviously, though, in the end, they were outnumbered. The dragoons won. And unfortunately, this is where Richard Cameron and his brother Michael lay dead. So what did the dragoons do? Well, they found Cameron and Michael. And they cut off their heads and their hands. Now, Cameron and Michael... They were very faithful men. And that, as we have covered, doesn't come out of nowhere. Right. Their father was also a very faithful man, which means he was in prison. Because right. that's mm-hmm. what that meant at this time. Right. Uh, so they cut off Cameron and they cut off Richard and Michael's head and hands. They knew that their father was in jail. So and his name was Alan. So they, uh, they tell, they, then they dug a pit and they put the rest of the dead into it and they took the sack of head and hands, uh, to, um, Edinburgh and they put the heads up so that everybody could see them, especially their father, um, Let's see. And then before the hangman actually set the head and the hands on the port, the fingers pointing upward on either side of the head, uh, they asked the father, oh, do you know these? And his sons, he knew, he recognized his sons, obviously. And he kissed them saying, I know them. I know them. They are my sons, my own dear sons. It is the Lord. Good is the will of the Lord who cannot wrong me nor mine, but has made goodness and mercy to follow us all our days. I had to read this a lot so I could read it right now without crying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Jock wrote a prisoner head of a broken home, the father of martyred sons and daughter. It is the answer of the more than conqueror, the sufferer in Christ full of faith and of the Holy ghost And having heard the heart full of the power and music of the Good Shepherd Psalm, he quoted, Goodness and mercy all my life shall surely follow me, and in God's house forevermore my dwelling place shall be. Much like in book club, I never know what to say after these moments. But I cannot imagine being presented with the head and hands of my dead children and like your response being, I know them good is the will of the Lord. Right. And the 23rd Psalm is just, I mean, that's the Holy spirit. Yeah. That's a a fear of God that anchors you. Right. In. And it's an, and it's just a,
0: an understanding of the time
1: mm-hmm.
0: too. Mm-hmm. Knowing that like, mm-hmm. this is what faithfulness looks like right now.
1: Right. Yeah. Because it,
0: it didn't, I mean, well, at that time, that's kind of what we everyone was looking at. Um, mm-hmm. But certainly that doesn't exist now. Yeah. We're just not in a time of that kind of right persecution.
1: No. So just super amazing. I love that. Um, I'm just, I'm always encouraged whenever I think of like, man, the same Holy Spirit that empowered these people to glorify God in these really difficult situations is the same Holy Spirit that we have. God is unchanging. And I just, I think meditating on saints of old is something that can just really give you courage and encouragement, therefore. Right. Because to encourage is to put courage into. And I feel like a lot of people wouldn't think of, oh, these horrible, bloody stories as encouraging. But these should put courage into us to know that, like, what God has called you to, he will call you through and you can remain faithful even in these very difficult times. And, yeah, I just think be encouraged. Read more Covenanters. Right. Man, Scottish people are funny.
0: I mean... Oh, would I just say that about group, myself? What a group of people. <laughs> well, yeah, and just, I don't know, I think that Murdoch, good old Murdoch Nisbet, I think he really Nisbet. puts a lot into perspective for me, which is that, like, obviously, he lived in a time of persecution as well. Right. But he, like... You, what you see is so many different decisions mm. being made. Mm-hmm. You see some men staying close to their families to protect them. You see some men going mm-hmm. out. You see some men being captured and some men mm-hmm. escaping. You see some men hiding in secret and you see some men preaching to thousands of people. Right, And it's just, um, they're, <sighs> basically they were just fully aware that God had orchestrated all of it. Right. To the point that they mm-hmm. just, like, it, there was, they couldn't, of course they could be, they could have, I'm not saying they couldn't have been foolish, but sure. they couldn't do the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. They just had to be faithful and God was.
1: Blessing that. Already had it all. Doing what doing. Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Well, Again, just read more Scottish Covenanters. Yeah. And I definitely
0: if you read Fair Sunshine, it will it will change you. Change you. <laughs> yeah. It will. It
1: will change you. And it really will. Grab a book club shirt. <laughs> Leave us a yeah, voicemail. We definitely <laughs> have a Fair
0: Sunshine book club t shirt. Yes, so. we do.
1: Uh Covenanters. They had a lot of great quotes. All right. Yeah, they
0: were just so <laughs> For a group of people that were largely transient, on the run, actively persecuted, wounded, like. Eloquent. Like, okay. So, (laughs) John Nisbet took him a year to recover from those 17 injuries. But, like, what. Right. Have you ever had 17. Brutal injuries and then just like lived your
1: life after no, that. No, I have not. It's gotta be different. No, right? I have not. You've
0: gotta have like a weird twinge in your knee every once in a while or something.
1: I do. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not for that reason. But yeah, I just like I don't know. <laughs> okay, well you can get those at shopsheetologions.com. If you're Scottish, please leave us a voicemail at 470-465. Tell us everything we did wrong. 0475. <laughs> and we hope you have a wonderful week. Yeah. And no legacy survive unless the Lord does raise the house in vain. It's builders strive
0: to.